You are listening to Leaders Unedited with Keo. Welcome to the next episode of Leaders Unedited. I'm the host, Ian Geddes, from Keo Consulting. Um, I'd like to make a very warm welcome to Ashley Harrison, the CEO from Zero to Hero. Um, firstly, I'd like to say, Ashley, thank you um, very much for making the time. We know that uh, that's a very precious commodity for you. Mm. Yeah. Everyone, but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, fantastic. Look, tell us a little bit about um, Zero to Hero and its purpose. Uh, yeah, so Zero to Hero is a youth mental health charity. Um, we work with nearly 200 different high schools across Western Australia, um, and we exist to educate, engage, and empower young people to support their own mental health and then support their peers in doing the same. Yeah. Zero to Hero came about as a uh, result of a tragic event in your your life, and that mm. was the, the loss of your stepfather to suicide. Yeah. Um, obviously, that um, is, is an underpinning sort of reason for Zero to Hero. Can you talk us through that? Yeah. Um, so in 2008, I lost my stepdad to suicide. Um, I was 20 at the time, and I just remember you know, in the weeks that followed um, how clear a lot of his mental health struggles became to me, um, but I just hadn't been able to see them at the time. I guess Graham was dealing with a lot in his life, um, a lot of financial worries, um, some physical pain, and then some relationship stuff with my mum. Um, and I kept trying to offer advice and I kept trying to offer, you know, support but I didn't realise just how much he was struggling with mental illness and mm. um, and the concept or the thought that suicide could have even been a thought in his mind was really foreign to me. Like it's not something that I knew of, I remember hearing of, um, not something I learnt in school. Um, and after losing Graham, I was really concerned about my little brother who was 10 at the time. So my mum and, and my stepdad had my little brother, so it was his dad. Um, and I, I guess I saw parallels between how Graham dealt with a lot of his, his sort of stress and his problems and also how my little brother was, or just men in general, really. Um, so I had the really, um, really interesting idea to host a fundraiser for suicide prevention. Um, yeah, after losing Graham, it became like really clear how many other people had lost someone to suicide or how many people in Australia were struggling with mm. either thoughts of suicide or, or with mental illness or mental health problems. And I just thought, I'll host a fundraiser and I'll raise a bit of money and hopefully I can save another family going through what, what we were going through and, and what, um, yeah, what I suppose our whole community or the whole community around Graham were going through. And then that fundraiser um, led to another fundraiser, led to another fundraiser and four years in the space. Um, yeah, I just, be, I suppose losing Graham turned on, you know, a bit of a, a passion of mine and I felt compelled to do something to prevent it. And then in the first four years, I, I kind of became more than compelled. I kind of became strangely addicted to finding a solution. And, and um, yeah, in that time, a lot of people had spoken to me about their own struggles or um, losing someone themselves to suicide, and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it anymore, and I couldn't mm. not do something if I had the power to to do that. 
um, to save people that pain and and yeah prevent it for other other families and communities. Mm, yeah, very so it makes sense in hindsight, <laughs> but at the time I think I was just um, was just a, a I've got to do something. I've got to do something and yeah, yeah did the first thing I knew how to do and that was a big big party that raised lots of money and and then yeah kept doing that for a few years really strong motivation obviously mm. and and mm. something something that you're very passionate about yes yeah as i understand it actually a little while after you'd sort of initiated zero to hero and you were obviously doing those you know fundraisers and so forth you have had a real pivot moment mm. where you change direction in terms of how you saw Zero to Hero and its its function and yeah. how it would operate. Can you talk us through that? Yeah. Um, so in its early days, Zero to Hero was just fundraising for charities working in the suicide prevention space. Um, and in about 2012, by this stage, I'd done a lot of training in mental health and I'd, I'd learnt a lot around, I suppose, the, the suicide journey or the mental health journey and how people get from feeling mentally unwell to suicide. Um, and I learnt a statistic that sort of underpins why Zero to Hero does what it does today. And that is that 75% of mental health problems emerge before the age of 25. Um, and data we're seeing now is even you know bigger than that with 50% emerging before the age of 15. And I just went, we can, and there's, there's a quote for me that underpins um, this and it's by Desmond Tutu and it says, there comes a time when we need to stop pulling bodies out of the river and we need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And I thought, I can fundraise, and by this stage I'd fundraise hundreds of thousands of dollars for different mental health crisis charities, so Your Lifeline, Suicide Prevention Australia and, and Youth Focus, and amazing organisations doing extraordinary things, um, but all were at the point of crisis. And I thought, and I saw, um, that in order for people to get help they had to be in crisis in Australia, and that to me just didn't seem like an intelligent business model. Um, or support model for our people. Um, and then learning what I learned about the youth sector, I also realised that no one was doing anything for young people that was preventative in any way. Um, and so in 2012, we pivoted, quite a big pivot, um, Zero to Hero to being our own charity um, with the sole focus of young people and giving them the tools and skills they need to support themselves. Um, so hopefully they can avoid needing treatment or mm. ever experiencing that point of crisis okay so prevention yes yeah yeah, yeah and, and health promotion as well yeah. like teaching that um you know there's there's not there's lots of ways you can support your own mental health and well-being for a lot of people talk therapy will work for some people nature will work or being around good people or good food mm. and and healthy lifestyles and um they all contribute to mental health so Mental health still isn't on the Australian school curriculum. Um, so we as an organisation go in and, and we teach mental health just like school teaches physical health because mm. our brains are pretty complex and, uh, and we need to know how they work and we need to know how to support, to support the brain. How easy was it for you to, to pivot and are there lessons um, that, that came out of that experience? Uh, easy? I don't think anything in the last 14 years has been easy. Um, I, think, I think it was simple 
like it became really clear to me and there was there was a distinct moment um, where I was hosting our last fundraiser and it was at the museum and I was coming down the stairs and so after a big fundraiser you spend the next few hours packing up and it's just a, a mess and at the moment of packing up you question should I <laughs> why am I doing this um, and I was walking down the stairs at I think 1 a.m. and there were two of my friends um, or two people that I'd, that I'd known for a few years that were sitting on the stairs and they'd had a lot to drink and, um, and they were very happy and merry and, and whatever. And they said, oh, Ashley, that was an amazing night and, um, you know, we love this. And, and I thought to myself, they would literally have no idea what they were fundraising for tonight or what they were attending. Um, and knowing what I know about alcohol and knowing what I know about Australian issues. I had this moment that maybe I'm contributing to the problem that exists with the brand that I'd created in that four years. Because um, all we were doing is hosting fundraisers and parties and big events. Um, and for me to be saying that that was preventative or that that was going to save lives, yes, maybe the funding would have, but I could no longer pour my heart and soul into to that and, and what it was. Um, and so in order for us to, to really recreate ourselves and, and pivot ourselves, it was not an easy moment at all in, in the next two years that followed. Um, but we completely stopped all fundraising events, completely stopped anything with alcohol for I think nearly three years while we recreated ourselves or rebranded ourselves and became recognised as a, as a youth charity. Um, so yeah, I suppose we had to kind of completely dissolve who we once were to become who we wanted to be and, and who we are today. Um, yeah, so it wasn't easy, but the decision was easy, mm. if that makes sense. It sounds like it was very much about um, just identifying what it is that you stand for mm. and how you wanted to go about, you know, helping people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like I believe we, we make the best decisions with you know the knowledge we have at that time and when I started Zero to Hero I was 20 by this stage I was 24 nearly 25 and I was a different human um, and I had a, a lot better of an understanding and had done a lot of you know a lot of you know, programs research courses um, study and partnered with a lot of mental health organizations and psychologists and I knew better by by then and I think if you know better and you don't do better then that's on you and um, yeah, I didn't want to be known for that and what I'd created anymore. Um, and yeah, that wasn't going to have the kind of impact that I was born to, to have or um, yeah, I wanted Zero to Hero to, to make in WA and in Australia. Ashley, I understand you've got really big plans to take Zero to Hero forward. Mm. Um, can you talk about those and um, some of the, the ideas that you've got? Yeah, not the secret squirrel business, but uh, <laughs> um, so right now we are guided by our four strategic objectives. Um, in the last 12 months, we've really been working on operational excellence and I suppose COVID has allowed us to do that um, and really get some key team members mm. in place for us to expand again because I've been very mindful that we've expanded quite rapidly over the last five years and I think that a lot of organisations can fall into... I suppose the pitfall of expanding without also managing program quality or um, you know offerings etc. 
Um, so yeah, the last 12 months we've really been focusing on the right people for us to, to grow our services and, and programs again. Um, so yeah, we want to work in every WA high school. So right now we're working in 70% of high schools, um, which is huge. Um, however, we want to not just work in every high school, but doing some quality work in every high school. I think it's easy to go out and deliver you know, a one hour workshop and mm. say, tick a box, I'm working in that high school. But we really want to be improving the mental health of young people in every WA high school. So for us, it's it's having the, the right people and um, I suppose the right resources that we mm. can work on such a, you know, state level because so many of our schools are regional as well, which takes a lot of heavy lifting um, and be doing the right work in those. And then in the future, uh, we uh, one of our strategic objectives is to be the leading mental health camp provider in Australia. Uh, I would definitely say we're currently doing that. Um, however, I want to, to do more than deliver the number of camps we're delivering, but be known as best practice for mental health camps. And uh, in the next 12 months, <laughs> I'll say this out loud, um, we'll be purchasing a campsite so we can continue to, to keep up with the demand of that program. And then also future, um, we'd like to move into holistic mental health treatment and support and give young people a choice that's, that I suppose rivals the current clinical model that we see in WA. Um, that's a bit more, I suppose, natural or an alternative that can support them in the, the same way or not exactly the same way, but um, yeah, for young people that are really struggling in the current mental health system. Sounds like some fantastic sort There's of achievements more, <laughs> and, and certainly, yeah. um, you know, some, some lofty goals, um, yeah. you know, ahead. And uh, it sounds like one of the things that's coming out for me is very much that um, you're constantly challenging what you're doing mm. with the view of improving um, yes. and helping, you know, the youngsters. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, one of the things the team's doing at the moment is we're reviewing all of our current programs and we're getting rid of things that no longer exist. And yeah, you've got to stay relevant if you want to work with young people. Like certain things that exist today didn't exist five years ago. Um, you know, we didn't even have to talk about TikTok or consider it as a possibility when we started. However, now it's so ingrained in their day-to-day -day life. And for us to, to have impact, we've got to meet young people where they're at. Ashley, you talk about, um, you know, a lot of what you talk about, I should say, is, is very authentic and it seems like integrity is really important to, to you. Mm. Just talk to me a little bit about that and how that applies to, to what you're doing. Uh, well, integrity is one of our core values. It's definitely one of mine. Um, I don't know. I think that for me, integrity is not just doing what you say and you know honoring your promises and and all of that but it's for me integrity is doing what is right for you and what you know is right for you and and feels right so whether you're a feeler or you just um you just know it in your gut um i use that as a as a guide so i don't know if we call that intuition or um i can typically feel when something's off um and that means you know the people that we attract it means what we do but I could not hand on heart, you know, look at a donor or someone that supports our work or someone that attends one of our events or someone that treks, you know, from mm. Cape to Cape for Zero to Hero and say that this is going to support young people and youth mental health if I didn't in my heart of hearts know that that's what we were doing and that was our focus. Um, 
and yeah, I think that's evident in everything we do. Mm. Yeah, a, a mindful of of where we spend those funds, of the quality of the programs we deliver, of the kinds of conversations we're having with young people, to the skills we're actually giving them. Um, yeah, there's a lot of glossy organisations out there that that look great, and then beneath the surface they're not. And yeah, I think we want to be known as an organisation that beneath the surfaces are great and maybe, you know, on the surface we don't look as great or we're, you know, not as perfect as, as we should be or not as glossy as we, we could be because um, that's, not, that's not what our focus is and that's not where we spend our funds, etc. Mm. It's all about the, uh, the outcome, isn't it? Yeah. And achieving the outcome. Yeah. Looking after our, our youngsters, yeah. as I would say. Yeah. How do you get your team as excited as you obviously are about? Um... <laughs> so I suppose when we look at recruiting um, staff members, board members, etc., cetera, uh, we look first from why. Like why do they want to be involved? Are they connected to, to who we are and what we do or what are their motivations? Yeah. Um, and then I suppose it's understanding your team. Are they... You know, what motivates them? Is it um, being the best at what they do as a job? Is it understanding that what they do makes a difference? Are they intrinsically, extrinsically motivated? Like what kind of makes them tick? Um, and then I think it's also adjusting my expectations and that not everyone has to look the way I look about an idea. And in actual fact, I'm surrounded at the moment. We're having a, a laugh the other day most of our, our team are no people now. <laughs> so I used to surround myself with a lot of, you know, there was a lot of yes people and now everyone challenges me, which is, which is very cool because it means that, you know, when we decide on something new that it's really tested and, and challenged before we, you know, even, even go down the path of creating that or, um, you know, releasing that to, to young people or, um, yeah, to the, to the marketplace. Um, but yeah, we, we make sure our team have the capacity, I suppose, and and we offer flexibility. Most of our team are part-time. We're kind of trying to champion a bit of a four-day work week um, and, yeah, practising what we preach in mental health and well-being as a whole. And, um, yeah, good coffee. <laughs> good coffee. Yeah, look, it sounds like, you know, the, the passion to to be involved and to, to do the work and to help, um, you know, the individuals is quite a, you know, key mm. uh, sort of characteristic of mm. individuals. And it sounds like that healthy challenge is occurring in the workplace, yeah. you know, which is, you know, one of the underpinnings of, of forming great teams. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're a great team because I'm feeling bloody challenged this week. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps on a broader, you know, uh, perspective, how can you get um, the rest of the Australian community on board with with where you're taking Zero to Hero? Yeah, so I guess if corporates um, or individual supporters are keen on prevention and health promotion, then um, you know they're the kind of supporters that we've attracted over the last few years. Uh, so there's lots of ways they can attend an event um, if they just want to sit down and enjoy a night or a day um, or they can trek 135 kilometres from Cape to Cape and fundraise for us that way um, or they can mentor on a camp. So there are ways they can kind of get involved with time. Um, alternatively, they can donate, they can support, um, you know, a youth program, a particular school in their area. Um, a camp, a young person to be empowered with suicide prevention skills in their community through 
through donations or financial contributions. Um, or we've got some people that give their, their skills, their time, um, you know, legal expertise, etc., as an in-kind mm-hmm. um, sort of value donation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so lots of ways. We're pretty flexible and, and not stuck and we're not going to say no to help. So, yeah, lots of ways to help. Looking back um, at your younger self, are there questions that you would ask? Things that you would do differently? I wouldn't do anything differently because I'm pretty happy with where I am today. So I think that that sort of game of regret and all of that. Um, look, if I had my time again, I might not do things exactly the same, but you know, my life is what it is and um, the decisions I made and all of those things um, got me to, to who I am today and where I am today. I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, However, that's not saying that I won't support my daughters <laughs> in maybe living very differently in their teenage years. I think that, um, yeah, I, I sought all kinds of the wrong attention in sort of a pursuit of feeling loved or feeling accepted and um, feeling respected and valued. And a lot of that was filling all sorts of different vo- voids from sort of my family and, and a bit of, you know, trauma and triggers there. So I would do that very differently. Um, yeah, I think that I really struggled as a teenager to trust myself and um, do what I knew was right. And so as an adult, it, when I'm not doing that, I can, I can feel it quite, you know, I can feel it, you know, in spades. I can, and I never want to not trust myself again and, and go through, I suppose, some of the pain I went through as a teenager or as a child in not trusting who I am and, and what I know is best for me. Sounds like uh, some life experiences uh, brought you to this point. Yeah. Um, Ashley, I really appreciate your your time today and being so open and honest. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you. Thank Thank you. you.